Social Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. In this episode, you're going to hear from Lucia. She's a children's entertainer and she adopted a baby at the age of 35. Gosh, the first time I actually thought something about being maybe different or being self-aware was when I was a little girl on the bus. I remember seeing another girl that was about, um, would she be about 11? And she had very, very short hair, Mm. like a boy's hairstyle. I remember thinking, wow, she looks really different. And she turned around on the bus and she gave me eye contact. I remember looking at her and being kind of transfixed by her. I didn't know Mm. what it was. It was just... You know, and I've never forgotten her. I've never forgotten this. I just looked at her and she looked at me. But I remember thinking, wow, she was kind of out there and different. And again, in the 80s, she was sporting a boy's hairstyle. And unless you were a boy at school, you didn't have a boy's hairstyle. I didn't see many girls. I mean, mine was short, but my mum's was short and she couldn't do bunches. Maybe it you was know. me. <laughs> it could have been you, you I, never know. I definitely had short hair in the 80s, but you're right, wasn't that? But it was, that yeah. was clearly a moment There was something you, there. When I go back and I think, when, when was my kind of earliest memory of something feeling a little bit different? I think that's what it was. Mm. And then there's been lots of things over the years. You know, I've had lots of different relationships, you know, with men and women. But the first time, yeah, would have been on the bus and just thinking, mm. I'm intrigued. So would you identify as bisexual or lesbian? Ah, oh, it's a tough one. I'm still on a discovery myself. Oh, really? Yeah, I really am. Okay. Yeah. In my mid-twenties, I was madly and deeply in love with a man. And I thought my life was set to live in Nutsford and have 2.4 kids. <laughs> and um, he finished the relationship on Boxing Day. And it came out of the blue. And I was very shocked about that. But no, I absolutely adored him. If, if you look back at all the different people that I've been out with, they're all completely unique. You don't I have to put yourself gender. in a box, do you? No, well, I never have done. And, but, but it's still a quest to find out, I suppose, more about me individually. And that's why I love talking about it, because everybody's experiences in life are all individual. Mm. I mean, maybe if I had a type, I could say, well, that's my type and that's what I go for and that's what I'm looking for. But I don't. I mean, I have a, ver- a really good friend who loves, like, firemen, you know, and she'll, she'll say, look at this poster, look at this, or look, look at this calendar, and I'll think... No, it doesn't really do it. I mean, is he a real fireman? If he was a real fireman and I met him and but I thought he was lovely, then I'd be, impressed. I'd be more attracted, yeah. yeah. But the actual physicalities. And the mm. same thing with women. I do, I'm not just naturally drawn to the physicality, although I do think women do have beautiful bodies. And mm. I do think they are wonderful creatures and they're, they're designed to, to attract and allure, aren't they, I suppose, in the, in the human nature of us all. And, it works for me. Yeah, yeah, so... And I'm still developing all that now that I'm in a same-sex relationship myself. Sometimes I still wake up and go, oh, we're both girls, aren't we? <laughs> and I remind shock. her, and she's like, yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so not that I don't want to put myself in a box, because I love being part of that. So if there's a, you know, a big group of lesbians saying, come on, we're lesbians and be with us, then I wouldn't be like, no, I stand on this side. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm with you. Or if there's a big group of bisexuals. Mm. Or at a time in my life when I've identified as heterosexual, I'm with them as, as well. Do you know what I mean? So I... I can't just take sides and I can't... No, I don't maybe want a to. pansexual. Maybe. Hmm. Could be. Okay. So when was the yeah. first time you, you did verbalise it and came out to someone? Um, first time was when I, um, I was introduced to a friend and, and there was a clear attraction there when I very first met her. And I hadn't up until then. I was about 22. And I'd always, always had boyfriends. And uh, she approached me and um, she kissed me. And I remember thinking... Oh. <gasps> 
you know, and Katy Perry years later, I kissed a girl and I liked it and all yeah. that. You know, I was way ahead of my time there. But I didn't, I liked it and I thought, wow, and I was scared and I was a bit like, oh gosh, and what's happening here? And it was confusing. And again, it was a time where sexuality like that was seen sometimes by many people as a, as a deviation and it was seen as not the norm and not acceptable. And in the 80s? In the 80s, yeah. Mm. And, it was, and I remember thinking at 22, gosh, if I enter into this, if I pursue this, you know, how would I ever become a mum? You know, mm. adoption wasn't possible then. You know, marriage wasn't recognised in churches. And I just thought, you're taking a lot here. This is a big ask and everything. But I couldn't stop the feelings of, of being attracted to her and falling in love with her, yeah. You were really thinking the future end game, weren't you? Even oh, in your early 20s. I've always done that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah I like, I'd like to be a centurion. That's the, that's the end goal, to be a centurion. I, I love meeting centurions and hearing about their lives and how the, wow. you know, they've gone through it. So, yeah, so at that stage in my life, up until then... I'd maybe been a little bit bi-curious, but I'd certainly not pursued it. I'd had lots of female friends, lots of friends that were gay, and it, it nev- nothing ever. There was never a person that I thought, "Oh, th- this feels right." To, until I'd met, until I'd met my first girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. And at that point, you thought, "Do you know what? This is real. I better tell people." Not at the time, because mm. she wasn't really happy to do that. Uh, okay. So, so you're both in the closet for a bit. A little bit. Not with friends. Maybe a few weeks, that's all. But for friends and family, it wasn't something that... Because, again, it was a new relationship. And there's even relationships, you know, previous to the one I'm in now that I wouldn't just rock up at my mum's and go through every single detail with her because, you know, you don't, she's heard it all before half the time and she wants to watch yeah. Countdown. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it just wasn't... And it's something I was discovering. It's not something I wanted to, you know, necessarily share with everyone. In, in the same way, that I mean, I went on to adopt a baby on my own when I was 35. And when you're going through the adoption process, and it took three years, they were like, you need wow. this time with this baby, you, your attachment. You need this, mm. not just, hi, hey, everybody, look at the baby I brought home and introduce them to everybody. It's, it's overwhelming, you know what I mean? And mm. So there was a lot of time that I spent just with me and Frankie when I adopted. Mm. It was just our time. And in the beginning, when I was going through this early relationship, I just wanted it to be something that we could discover ourselves and find out if it was something that would become long-term. And it didn't become long-term, but we became the best of friends. and We've been friends for over... 20 odd years wow yeah that's great and we did property developments together we've had boyfriends since we've lived together and she is truly my soulmate my best friend and i i, I do i love her to bits amazing yeah so when was the it moment evolved. then you thought oh i'm going to come out to the world or to my family Not at least world. it was just dribs and drabs really mm. whoever i came across if people asked me a direct question i would always give them a, a direct answer and an honest answer because i've always been like that i've always mm. worn my heart on my sleeve um, but some people don't always want to ask. They'd rather just kind of like come to their own conclusions or, or not or brush things under the carpet, you know. And I'd Sometimes people... it, it isn't a big moment, is it? Sometimes it's no. just a word dropped into a conversation. Yeah. And instead of saying my partner or my girlfriend and then you carry on the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, like now I'm in a, in a wonderful same-sex relationship with my beautiful Jen. And again, oh. I just talk, I just, she's just Jen. You hmm. know, and then people will work it out or some, sometimes they don't work it out or they might see a, a photograph of us and then they're like, oh, right. Or, but I just, I just talk, you know, Jen and I are going out for a meal or we're going to see Jen's mum or... I've not kind of dropped it in. The funny thing is that obviously I'm, I'm starting to write this blog and I wanted to be able to write something that was comedic and would bring people together. And it was about when I actually said to my mum that I'd decided that I wanted to date... A woman, and I'd never done this before, where I'd thought, right, I'm going to actually actively go and ask a woman out on a date. It's going to be so exciting. It was quite scary, actually, but yeah. it was a bit liberating. So I thought, no, I'm going to do it. I'd done, um, like, Match.com before, and I'd done it with men. And that didn't really work out very well. I met some lovely chaps, but no, that didn't work out. There's some funny stories there. But 
with this one, I felt empowered and I wanted to do it for me and I actually wanted to take a woman out and I wanted to pay and I wanted to take her for a steak. It turned out that steak wasn't on the menu because it was around about Christmas and we had to like join onto a works do. Brilliant. And have like crackers and Christmas hats. So that was funny for a first date. But yeah, I wanted to I wanted to experience that and me be in control of that because up until then, I'd really been asked out. I'd been approached. Mm. And I thought for the first time I think in my life, I'm going to go after something that I think I might want. And even then, I wasn't quite sure. I mean, this is only a couple of years ago. And then just by chance, I stumbled across the most beautiful emergency medical technician who works in, in the Northwest Ambulance oh. Service, and she's incredible. So again, it's the person. The uniform's great as well, don't get me wrong. Um, but no, I, I admire her. She ticks all the boxes that I look for in a person. And she was the one that you went out and asked yeah. out on an internet dating site? Yeah, that's two, oh. just over two years ago. So after about the second date, I was so excited about this. It was going so well. I wanted to tell my mum. Yeah. So yes. So I picked her up like I often do and take her out for the day, a bit of shopping in the high street and um, I drive a van being a kids entertainer so you can't miss me when I'm driving around in the fun bus so mum's used to it now so I, I, she jumped in she's there with all the shopping bags and stuff and I said oh I've got some some news for you so she said oh what's that what's that so I said uh, I've um, I've asked a woman out on a date I'm, I'm dating a woman and her response was oh look B&M's have got discount on flapjacks <laughs> That was the first sentence what? out of her mouth. Was she genuinely excited about the flapjack discount? Yes. That's hard to say. Or was she trying to change the conversation, <laughs> do you think? No, she no, she wouldn't change the conversation. Because I can talk to my mum about anything, I really can. Yeah. I mean, she stayed over last night. I've not slept a wink because she snores oh. like a trooper. Uh, I love her to bits. But no, we sit up chatting and putting the world to rights and talking. So no, if, if there's something I ever want to bring to mum and talk to her about, we go, we go in depth, you know, we psychoanalyse and mm. we love it. You know, tea and biscuits and we sit there chatting all day. So um, really, mum, I'm gay, I'm dating a woman... But what about well, that the flapjacks? Yeah, at that stage, it was just about I'm dating a woman. Because, mm. again, it, you know, I wasn't in love at that stage. I was excited about what was happening in my life. I always tell her what I'm doing in my life because mm. I can't get away from it. She'll ring me up and, you know, where are you? What are you doing? What have you had for your tea? Mm. You know, where are you now? So I can't get away from, from her even if I wanted to. She, she documents my life all the time. She's so invested and she loves me to bits. Yeah. I am the same. You know, I want to know where she is. But so, what Was there a moment then when she wanted to dissect it and talk it through? or not? No, not until really? later on. On, really, not until mm. we've discussed whether we can actually nip into B and M's. I'm thinking at any point is she going to go? So go on, tell me. With a lot of things with my mum though, over the years, like when I wanted to start brownies, she wouldn't get me the uniform. You know, at the beginning it was like, well, go and try it first, see if you like it. I'm not paying out for the uniform. You might give it up after two weeks. Oh, she thought so. It was she's a phase. all. She could have thought it was a phase. Yeah, yeah, you know, or well, you know, I'm quite an extrovert. I'm quite outgoing. I'm, ve- I'm, op- I'm very open-minded to stuff. So I think Mum was thinking at that point, and she never knew at that stage about the previous relationship that I'd had all those years ago. She didn't know about that because it ended. We'd moved on, yeah. and neither one of us had been in female relationships. So it, it was. You know, I thought well, maybe that was a. It was a chapter. A lot and of parents it closed. You do, know. Do you think that the phase thing is real? And yeah. that you're going to grow out of it or whatever. Yeah. Despite the fact you might have been in your 30s by then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's an interesting concept as well, telling people in a car, because they can't really get away, can they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She can't get out. I was going no. about 40. <laughs> but she jumped. <laughs> but no, she, and she absolutely loves Jen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, she's one of those mums that would probably say the word lesbian under a brilliant. <laughs> she, yeah. I mean, it's not the greatest word in the world, is it? No. I, mean, I said in my blog the other day, it's like potato or moist. They're horrible words. No, it's moist not a good. Is... It's not a powerful word. In French, beautiful. Mm. Lesbienne. Beautiful. 
Uh, you know, if you're is, Mancunian and you're a lesbian, it's a bit. Uh, is know, that actually the, a bit hard? Is that the actual French word for lesbian, or have we just said lesbian in a French accent? No, that is what it is. Is it? Right, yeah. Okay. Lesbienne. <laughs> yeah. Moist is much worse. Though. It is horrible, isn't it? The word mm. moist. Yeah. But, so, um, have you anyway. had to tell anyone else in your family? Well, no, it all went round the grapevine then, obviously, because Mum knew. So it, that was great. But the conversations she had with her sister was. Uh, was interesting again because they must have said, oh, we, we knew and we thought this. Well, she lived with a woman for all these years or, you know, this, that and the other. So there was lots of people wondering, you know, and putting two and two together and getting five and 12 mm. or whatever. Because <laughs> I'm still putting the numbers together and I don't know them yet. I've not worked out the equation, so I don't expect anybody else to. I really don't. But I love talking about it. I love, and I have to sit with my auntie now and we'll chat and she'll ask me loads of questions that my mum wouldn't ask me. You know, so it's, it, you know, oh, I don't need to know that. And whereas I just love shocking her. You know, I love, you know, so how many other lesbians do you know, mum? You know, well, there's, you know, there's Claire Balding and there's, uh, she'll go through them like, and there's one off um, the Bake Off. So I said, Mary Berry. <laughs> so, just love winding her up. She's like, Mary Berry's not a lesbian. And of course, she's always loved Doris Day. So I'm like, you know, what do you think? Maybe Doris, you know, is a lesbian. No, Doris doesn't. So um, we get into all this it's comedy, it, it's, it's humour. I think it connects people. It always has an art family. And it what really do your aunties ask? Ask you then what sort of things? Straight people more do personal ask personal details, really, more like relationship questions. details, right, okay. you know, and things like that. And like your friends would, you know, she could kiss her and things like that. Your mum wouldn't necessarily ask you that, you know, but she wants to know, you know, is she serious? Has she got a, a good job? Is she sensible? Will she look after you? You know, what's her family like? Oh, very good. When her mum, you know, so just, yeah, I'm very old school. My mum's very traditional. She's a traditionalist. You know, she was married to my dad for 50 years. Wow. You know, my dad was her only. True love. She's only been with one man. You know, so it's a different generation. It's moving quickly as well. It really is. It's it's changing so quickly. Mm. There seems to be a rush in the last five years. I mean, I've been part of the gay community since I started coming to the gay village when I was 18. Mm. You know, I've always and I've always supported friends and and, and supported the community. And, and I love the community. It's an all welcoming, diverse group of people. And you meet people who are struggling as well, you know, and people that do have secrets and, and they are frightened and stuff. And it's nice to meet people and be able to reassure them and just get on a level with them of who they are individually. I love that. You are a self-employed children's entertainer. Yes. You wear a clown's outfit. I do, I'm a clown. Do you, do you have, yeah. have you had to struggle to come out at work or has it not really been an issue? No, there's always been kind of, um, you know, in-jokes and things like that. Mm. And, and it's part of my personality that I'll talk about relationships and, and different mm. things. I've always brought my life into my work as well. So, mm. you know, when I was going through the adoption process, you know, I talked about that because that was big in my life. I talked about when I was in love with David and we were choosing tiles for a flat in Manchester. You know, so, so there's, there's all those different, you know, elements... <laughs> so if you were to give advice to, to a young person or someone that maybe was even a bit older and struggling to come to terms with yeah. it and come out, what advice would you give? Gosh, it's so individual, isn't it? Because, again, mm. it's personal choice. I wouldn't like anybody to tell me what to do or when to do it. No. I think you have, to, you have to come to terms with things yourself and in your own time. You really do. But put yourself around like-minded people. That's the thing. I thought you said put yourself around. <laughs> yeah. That's different putting... advice. <laughs> That's different advice, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, be yourself. Obviously, I've worked with children for years, mm. so I've seen children display certain behaviours and characteristics, and I'm thinking, could this child be gay? But there's nothing even there at the moment to be able to say, oh, this, this child is identifying maybe like this, or be, it's just mm. a taboo, we don't talk about it. Mm. I remember a little boy, the first little boy I met, and I thought, he has got to be gay. And he was three. Mm. He was in the nursery. He was wow. absolutely beautiful. And every morning, Miss Davis, Miss Davis, can I... And I was like, of course you can. And he'd go into the home corner and put on a Goldilocks wig and his three of his mates would be the three bears. Brilliant. And he never wanted to be the bear. Ah! 
I said to him, would you like to just be the bear today? No. And he wore that wig and he strutted his stuff mm. and he loved it. And we all talked about him as teachers in the staff room. Isn't he incredible, isn't it? And he was so full of himself in a wonderful, positive way. Yeah. And yet, in an inner city school in Manchester, he will have got the digs and the knockbacks and the looks and the, you know what I mean? He'll have got that back in the 90s. What's wonderful about this story is years later, <laughs> I was in the gay village myself in one of the clubs and... Um, the next minute, I just heard, Miss Davis! And he just walked towards me in the biggest platform shoes you've ever seen, just sparkler armour with collars out here, face paints, the biggest afro you've ever seen, eyelashes, the most beautiful. You reminded me of RuPaul. Oh, really? Yeah. And he kept, Was Miss- he in drag? He wasn't actually, no. no. He just had he the was heels. Tra- he had, yeah, he had the heel, he had the big boots, mm. which made him even taller than he when he was tall anyway. Mm. And he'd remembered me and I thought that was wonderful. I, mean, I was at the school, I worked there for six or seven years. So I watched him go from three to 11 and leave school. Um, and he I, definitely was gay then. For that one, I was a bit like, yes, I was right about that. And it's not that you want to label children. You don't by any means. But you kind of want to support them. And if you, mm. if you think, hang on a minute, because you know children. You know, you do. And they, they go through stages. You know, you meet children at school that are, they come on and they're, they're really academic in the beginning. And you're like, oh, look, they can do this and they can do that. And they're amazing. And then they, they level out. And by the time they get to eight, nine, ten, they're, they're one of the gang. And you know what mm. I mean? And, some parents can put so much, so much pressure on them when they're very little. They're doing Sudoku at three, you know, send them for this and, and extra things. And it's like, well, just slow down. Let the, okay, it's great yeah. learning all that stuff, but let them just find their feet. Let them just develop the social and emotional skills first. And academia will come later if they're interested in that. And just because someone wants to be golden locks doesn't mean they might necessarily absolutely. be gay. Absolutely, yeah. exactly. So you just kind of watch and you monitor and, and you encourage and you don't make him ever feel as if he's doing anything wrong because, again, it's dressing up. It's a yeah. little boy that's dressing up. If he wants to dress up as Elsa and walk around the nursery singing Let It Go, let him. And the same thing with, you know, girls wanting because to dress up as G.I. Jane or you know, my little girl just dressed up as a World War One officer. Oh, for Remembrance Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, that was that was quite strange for her because she's very, very feminine. So to actually put a suit on with a tie and a collar, for her, you could see, it was a bit like, do I have to keep it on for long? Out of a comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. because she wanted the shoes on, the clip-clop shoes and the floaty dresses and the fur boa. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, though. I have interviewed a lot of people who say that they did know that they were gay from a very, very yeah. young age as a child, you yeah. know, and had experiences. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. We don't, we don't talk about it much, but it, but a lot um, of gay people I've spoken to... I think it needs to be spoken about. Certainly knew about yeah. it. You know, but the interesting yeah. thing is, that at that age, other kids don't judge you. No, they just liked they him. They loved him for who he was. He was yeah. funny as well. He was funny and charismatic. Yeah. And he was a magnet and he drew attention and people loved him for it. And that's why he stood out more than anything. Yeah. You know, just because you see a girl in a football kit at the age of eight, you know, you, you don't have to be stereotyping and thinking, oh, she's going to go into some sports and she's going to be a football playing, hockey playing, tennis playing, lesbian and this, you know. And people are quick to sometimes judge and get on there with, with, with certain areas. It's like, let them just play, let them develop. I mean, my brother used to wear farrers as well and I used to think he looked so smart in Farrah's and I couldn't wait for him to outgrow them so that I could wear them but I remember my dad saying Ooh, do you need to be wearing those really because the boys and they were boys trousers because they were his trousers yeah. <laughs> you can see what he meant you know but I remember mum taking the hems upon them and you know if she's comfortable and she wants to wear them you know my mum's always wore pants you know yeah. but I have friends in the police force and when they very first started they were assigned with a police skirt and a handbag how a woman can run after a baddie. With Ridiculous. A, isn't it? You know, it's not that long ago. And again, we're, we're looking at 20 odd years ago. So things are changing. You know what I mean? We're all becoming more self-aware. More, I think we're starting to respect each other a little bit more. There's, there's still that group of people that are just hateful and prejudiced, unfortunately. And they, they've got a bit of work to do on themselves. But 
no, I think in schools, I think we need to be a little bit more open about accepting people for who they are and that diversity and not even pigeonholing children and saying you might be this or you might be that and they're children at the end of the day let them just exactly explore. You, as you said you're still working it out absolutely so you don't need to put a label on someone no. that's eight do you absolutely and just and just be positive around them and, and be yeah. loving and if they're going through something and they're having thoughts or worries or ideas then just you know put your arm around them and take go go walk with them it doesn't have to be a, you have to make such a big deal about everything it's part of childhood it's part of growing up it's part of finding out who you are a big thank you to us here for telling us her coming out story and especially for recounting that hilarious story of what her mother said or didn't say when she came out. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell and Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. Next time, you'll hear an inspiring story from Chris Bear Strong McNaughton. He competes in strongman competitions and he's currently trying to become Ireland's strongest man. I, I guess that a lot of things that were just, you know, normal banter, crack, closeness of a friendship, once you were labelled as gay, a lot of guy friends didn't like that anymore. So I did lose a few friends out of it. I gained a lot of brilliant friends in return.